Welcome, church family. I hope that you're having a happy Sunday. I hope that you were encouraged by the worship. That is one of our big goals. Every time we gather, whether it's in person or online, is that we want to encourage each other in the wonderful name of Jesus. If you're new with us, my name is Brian Mowry, lead pastor here at Jubilee Church. And along with my wife of, of almost 20 years now and my three children, it is the joy and privilege of our life to be connected to this family, to be connected to such an amazing community. And it is an honor to have you with us again. If you're new with us, thank you so much. And today is part two of a series we are calling A New Normal. Uh, we we want to take some lessons from 2020, and we don't want to just quickly move on. We want to say, no, we, we don't just want things to go back to normal. There are some things we want to go back to normal, but we want a new normal. And one of those areas is in the area of empathy. As we look back at the year 2020, one of the things that we hope that we get out of this year, one of the things that we hope that we take forward into the future is that we want to grow in empathy. Uh, we, we, want, we want empathy to, to be a, a a characteristic of us. And there, there are two reasons for that. One is that we don't want to be what you may have seen. We don't want to be a mean Christian. Um, you may have noticed that. I don't know if you noticed it out there. I don't know if you may, maybe noticed one or two out on social media, but there are some mean Christians out there. You may have thought to yourself, why is that person so mean? Why do they lack such empathy for, for other people? Secondly, but more importantly, is because we want to be like Jesus. I mean, that's really the big reason is that we want to grow in what it means uh, to be like him. We love him. We want to follow him wherever he's going. We want to go with him. And, and one of the things that he does, one of the things that we know about Jesus, as you study the emotional life of Jesus, the, the, the top emotion that he expressed was one of compassion and empathy, not just for some people, but all people. He had compassion for all people. We mentioned this verse last week, but in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, we get a peek into the one time where he describes his own heart and he describes his own heart as gentle and lowly. That word lowly means humble. I mean, which I just find absolutely fascinating. The creator of the universe, our Lord, our master, the one that we want to follow, the one that says that he wants to live in us and through us. He is lowly. He is gentle and humble at heart. It's why kids always flocked to be around him. Kids wanted to be around Jesus because he was gentle and humble of heart. Women felt safe around him, which was extremely uncommon in that, very rare in that time period for uh, any woman to feel comfortable around a man. It's why, despite our hatred of him both then and now, that he didn't send a legion of angels to smite us, but he became one of us and he died for us to save us and love us and lift us up. He is gentle. He is humble. Now listen, because we follow a person and not principles, what I'm not saying here, where I will not say in this message today is like, hey, let's just be more empathetic. Let's just be more gentle. Let's just be more humble. We don't follow principles. We follow a person. Um, so I don't think that just, it's a, if we just leave here and say, hey, if you just become more gentle, if you just become more empathetic, you'll be more godly. I, I don't think that's true, but I do think the opposite is true. And what I mean by that is if you look at your life and you don't see empathy for all people, not just some people, uh, godly empathy isn't having empathy for some and not others. That's a worldly empathy that is actually a form of self-centeredness. It's, it's what it looks like when compassion turns inward, which is not, is not a godly empathy. A godly empathy enters the pain of all people, and that's what we want to talk about. Um, 
So if you're noticing that, hey, I find arrogance, I see, I see a, a, a rough spirit, a lack of gentleness, I see pride, I see arrogance, let's be honest. We've, we've seen a few Christians get off track, get off track of what it means to be humble, what it means to be gentle. And maybe you've gotten off track. Let's take that honesty a little bit further. Maybe you and I have gotten off track. Maybe we haven't always expressed empathy. We've expressed empathy for some people, but not all people. So our hope is that we would grow in empathy, that we would take this lesson forward, that we grow in empathy. So that, that's what today is gonna be about. So why don't you join me in prayer and we'll get going. Father, I just thank you for uh, your love for us. I thank you, um, Jesus, for coming to this world and not just giving us an example of what it looks like to enter into the pain of others, but you entered into our pain. You became our pain. You became our sin so that we could have your righteousness. And it's our desire to grow more and more in what it means to be like you. We wanna follow you, we love you, and we thank you, thank you so much for your word that we're going to dive in today. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Well, we all grew up with a way of doing things. Um, My family had a way of doing dinner. And I thought my family's way was the way. And so I grew up in a big family, family of six, and we had specific rules in how we did dinner. We had, you know, we got one warning. So when my mom or my dad said it's dinner time, you came to dinner. So we all would come around the table. You, you were grateful for what you got. You didn't ask for to eat something else. Uh, you respected dad and you certainly respected mom. This is how we did things. I thought this is how everyone did things until I went to someone else's house. I guess it was around eight or nine. And they totally didn't do things that way. They, they, they ate off of TV trays and they watched movies. And, and this was disorientating for me. I mean, I look back and I'm like, oh, that should have been cool. But it was disorientating for me. I thought like, oh my gosh, something's going wrong here. They're not doing things the way that my family does things. They're doing something wrong. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they had a way of doing things. And they had a construct. They had a preconceived notion about what Jesus would be like, would be like, the great Messiah, the, the promised Messiah would be like. And they didn't think that Jesus fit that category. And so they marginalized him. They, they, they pushed him aside. And because they did not see Jesus, because they did not see God for who he was, they missed his heart completely. They chased the principles that they see in the Bible, but they did not chase the heart of God. And that produced within them a lack of humility, a lack of gentleness, and a lack of empathy for people that got put on display in the passage that was read. Uh, In fact, so much so that they did not even recognize Jesus for who he was, even though that they had plenty of evidence for who he was. In fact, they knew that he healed people. It said that they waited to see Um, would he heal this man? Would he heal this man with the withered hand? They knew that he could heal. So they had evidence that he was the Messiah. But their preconceived ideologies, their preconceived notions about who God was put everything upside down and they put principles before people. That they elevated this, 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 the Sabbath day, which God did say was sacred and holy, but they totally missed the heart of God. And so Jesus comes along and questions everything, say, how, you know, isn't it not right that we do good and not evil? Isn't it right, not right that we save a life and not kill a person? Because Jesus saw very a little difference between actual manslaughter um, and not doing what you can to relieve suffering. So Jesus put this on display. And this, this we see in the Old Testament, we see uh, this in this idea that every person 
Page one of our Bible says that every person is made in the image of God, that we are all created in his image. So in every, all uh, 8 billion people on the face of the earth right now bear the image of God. And because they bear the image of God, they are, they are valuable, they have dignity. Um, and we need to treat that life as precious, regardless of race, color, gender, economic status, age, physical capacity, mental capacity. Christians are those that treat people of value. And the, and the Pharisees missed this, and so they didn't treat everyone the same. And they had their ideologies all mixed up. We are those that treat people of, of we treat all people of value. And that's how we'll be empathetic people is that we'll see Jesus, we'll see his heart, we'll see his, his, his imprint on everyone. And, and not based upon what we see, their, their social status or anything else or their activities or their behavior, but we'll see that, man, God has put his image on that person and they are valuable. And I need to do whatever I can to show dignity to that person and, and value that person. And if they're suffering, I need to enter into their suffering. I need to enter into their suffering and do something about it. There's a couple implications for us for this. On, on a base level, it means that we need this to be nicer to people. We need to see that they're image bearers of God and that they have, uh, that they're eternal beings and we need to value them as such. Just like we would value like a precious artifact and like we would treat it very, very carefully, right? If you're holding some, you know, you're going to a museum, they're in glass cases and this is very rare, very valuable. And we, you treat those things a certain way. Human beings are much, much more valuable. And so we should treat people with care and concern and, and, and not snub them, but actually, you know, say hi to them. But on, on, a, on a bigger level, we should take what God has given us, our power, our ability, and do whatever we can to see suffering uh, relieved in them. And so that's what we want to do. And this is what the Pharisees failed to do. They failed to enter into their pain. They saw this, he saw this person as less than. And we don't, wanna, we, want, we don't wanna do that. How can you tell if you're sliding away from empathy and becoming a mean Christian? Well, again, a technical definition of empathy is, is entering the pain of another, to understanding and seeing it from their frame of reference. Um, proximity promotes empathy. Distance makes it easier to marginalize. If I can distance you from me, uh, then it's gonna make it easier for me to marginalize you and not value you. So if you ever start with a sentence, I don't know if you've ever heard someone say this or you've said this, you know, I don't understand why that person does this. And then you say something that marginalizes them or you do something that marginalizes them. I just want you to know that the operative word there or the operative phrase, I should say, is I don't understand, I don't know. Well, empathy does, is not content with not knowing, but it wants to go to that person and, and, and understand and see things from their perspective. So we, we, when we don't have the opportunity to go to them, we, we fill our mind with the most generous explanation for why they did whatever they did, but we wanna go with them and, and sit with them and talk to them and, 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 and love them and care for them. And we may not... We may not um, agree with them, but at least we'll understand, we'll be able to love them and empathize with them. You know, it's fascinating. Uh, Jesus would spend a lot of his time, I was thinking about this the other day, in the gospels, listening to people, listening to people. Why did Jesus listen? Well, I listen to learn. I think a lot of us listen if we want to learn something, but Jesus had nothing to learn. <laughs> he knew everything already. He knew it before we even said it. So why did he listen? Well, Jesus listened to love. 
And we need to listen to love. We need to go to people and understand them and love them. We do have things to learn as well, but it's not just to learn. We think we know, but we don't know. We want to go to the people. We want to learn. We want to understand. So if we don't know, we want to go to them. We want to understand them. We want to um, embrace who they are. Jesus, people flocked to Jesus because he, was an un, he, he understood them. He, he entered their pain. He entered their world. He was known as someone who was a healer. So one is that you're, you're, you, you go to people, you love people. Secondly, empathy is outward. Empathy is always outward. Uh, how do you know if you're an empathetic person? Well, maybe during this message, you've been thinking about other people other people that you want to now show honor and respect to. You've, people just come to mind. Well, if you've been thinking about other people, you're, you're, you're well on your way of being an empathetic person. But if you've been thinking inward about how people need to honor you and how people need to respect you and how people need to understand you, that, that's, that's an inward way of thinking and that's, that's not what it means to be empathetic. We need to flip that on its head and look outward. Empathy leads to action. Jesus did something about it. This is so important. Empathy isn't just understanding. It's not just seeing things from their perspective, but it's also doing something about it. It's, a, it's about um, engaging the problem, relieving the problem. You see, that the, the Pharisees, they saw this situation and they, they had this intellectual conversation. They had this theological conversation about whether or not this should happen and they're trying to catch Jesus in a, in a trap and when there's a man suffering, empathy goes to the person and it wants to do something about it. You know, we learned that in this season. You know, all that COVID has brought us, all the pandemic has brought us, all the pain and suffering with George Floyd's murder. We don't want to just engage the problems of our world from an intellectual point of view and like what should be done, but we want to be quicker with our hearts and our hands, by the way of going and addressing the problem and bringing, that's bringing relief. That's what Jesus did. He walked around doing good. He walked around healing people, loving people, caring for them. And his anger was toward the situation was that of just the lack of empathy. And we don't wanna be like that. We don't wanna fall into that category. Well, what's the answer? What's the answer? How do we become more empathetic people? Well, the short answer is relationship with Jesus, we got to capture the heart of God. In order to love all people, not just some people, but all people, to, to enter into the world, uh, the, the pain of others, we have to see things from God's perspective. We have to capture his heart. We have to see that his handprint is on everyone, that his image is on everyone. It is relationship with Jesus. In this passage, it, we see that Jesus was angry. It says actually he was deeply distressed. Yes, over the pain and suffering of this person, but he was also deeply distressed over how the, you know, the Pharisees just weren't seeing him for who he was. They weren't getting it. They didn't see that he was the promised Messiah. He was, they, they, they were devout and they had allegiance to God's word, but they did not see or have allegiance to God's son. In another passage in John uh, chapter five, Jesus says to, the, to this group of Pharisees, he says, man, you... You study the Bible in vain. You study the scriptures in vain because it doesn't lead to me. And that can happen to us too. You see, we, we have preconceived ideas about who Jesus is, who God is, and what he'll do. And what we'll do is we'll superimpose those preconceived notions, those ideals over Jesus. And we think that he should, he should act a certain way, that he should go a certain way. And, we, and we'll miss the heart of Jesus in that. And we will lack being empathetic people. This happened to the disciples. 
There's a scene in, in Luke 22, right before Jesus goes into the garden, right before Jesus goes before the cross, in fact. He says something to them. I'll show you this in, in Luke 22. He says to the disciples, he says, when I sent you out with no money bag, he's referring to a time, you can read about this, I believe Luke 10. I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals. Did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. Jesus goes on to say, but now let the one who has a money bag take it and likewise a knapsack and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak, his coat, and go buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be filled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what was written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, now I want you to notice what they pick up on, what he said. And this is important. He said, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. A better translation is, it's enough. Like, enough with that kind of thinking. Uh, he wasn't saying, okay, two swords is enough. He was saying, um, you, you know, you still don't understand. You still don't get what I'm trying to do because based upon their preconceived notions of, of who the Messiah was, because they thought the Messiah was going to come like all Jewish people, you know, this is how they are raised. This is what they're taught in synagogue, that the Messiah was going to overthrow Rome that Israel was going to take over power from Rome. So when they heard Jesus say swords, they thought it's time to get weapons because check out verse 49. It says, and when those who were around them saw um, what would follow, they say, Lord, shall we strike down with the sword? Let me ask you a question. Let's just take a step back. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything in the life of Jesus, in the four gospels, has Jesus ever said anything or done anything that what he wanted them to do at some point in his life is to take a sword and start slicing and dicing people, you know, like they're playing Fruit Ninja or something. Has Jesus ever come close to saying that? You know, like in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, he says, blessed are the meek, you know, blessed are the merciful, blessed are those who have a sword with it. He never says that. He never gets close to saying that. I mean, these guys walked with Jesus for three years and at the first mention of the word sword, they're like, I know what that means. Do you know why? Well, we already said this, but like I said, most of the disciples, if not all the disciples, had this idea that the Messiah was going to take over Rome. In fact, if you fast forward to Acts 1, even after resurrection, you know, he's getting ready to ascend into heaven. He's like, now is the time you're going to overtake Rome? He's like, no, that's not what I've come to do. Now, you and I don't see this in Jesus because we don't have this preconceived notion, but let me tell you, we do have preconceived notions. What G Peter does is he takes this sword and he goes and he cuts off this person's ear, the, the, this soldier, the enemy, the sworn enemy. And because that's what he thought he was supposed to do. And we have Christians right now in our country cutting off people's ears, Christians hurting people, Christians hurting other people, thinking they are doing what God has told them to do. Are they doing what God's told them to do? Absolutely not. Where did they come up with this idea? They came up because they had an, a, a preconceived notion of who God was, is. 
They, 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 re, they read the teaching of Jesus devoid of a relationship with Jesus, and they come up with this. And this has happened for centuries. We, uh, there's been crusades that have happened because people have misunderstood the Bible. There, there are people, the, uh, the slavery in this country, the way that we treated the, uh, the gay community in the 80s, and we could go on and on and on. Mean Christians, non-empathetic Christians. This is not a new thing, but it's also not the way of Jesus. And we've got people all over our country, all over our cities, all over our neighborhoods who reject the message of Jesus because they see mean Christians cutting people's ears off, ignoring withered hands. And if that's you, if you feel that way, man, I totally, totally get it. But my plead, my heart is that you would um, allow me the opportunity, allow us the opportunity to tell the redemptive story of who Jesus is and what he wants to do and how he wants to bring healing to cities and how he wants to bring healing to homes and how he wants to bring healing to you. He wants to heal the withered hand. He picked up this man's ear and he put it back on his head and he healed this man. He is not calling up arms. He is not calling people to attack. He is calling you and I to be gentle and lowly of heart, to be gentle, to be humble, to have a humility about us, to see all people as valuable, to, bring, to be empathetic, to bring love, to flood our streets and neighborhoods, our, our workplaces, our schools with the love of Christ. Why are Jesus, why do we misunderstand Jesus' teaching? Why does this happen? Why does it always happen? Well, here's why it happened. This is why it happened to the Pharisees. This is why it happened to the disciples. This is why it may happen to you and I or the people that we know. It is impossible. It is impossible to understand the teachings of Jesus devoid of being in relationship with Jesus. I think he set it up that way. In fact, he said, for you to really get on with this, you're not just gonna need to know my word, but you're gonna actually need the help of one another and you're gonna need my spirit. And that's what he did. When he ascended, on, when they're saying it is now the time when he's ascending into heaven, he's like, look, I'm not gonna be with you physically. It's time for me to go, but I'm gonna do something better. I am going to put my spirit inside of you. In fact, it's going to be, the Greek word there is dynamite. I'm gonna put this dynamite power inside of you that's going to help you understand everything that I've ever said. And the way that you're gonna understand what I said, the way that you're going to live out the way that I lived is by this power inside of you. And then when we get things like in Galatians 5 where, where the Apostle Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And this is wonderful lift, joy that we get from walking in the Spirit, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails. It means we don't give up on people, gentleness of heart, strength of spirit. This overflow happens through a relationship with Jesus. Pretty basic. I could have just said that. Like We need to grow in what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. We cannot just read his teachings devoid of actually pursuing the person. If we pursue the principles without pursuing the person, we will end up cutting ears off. We'll keep ignoring men and women with withered hands. We will fail to be empathetic people, gentle and lowly of heart. You know, Jesus said that they will know that you are mine by the love that you have for others. So as we grow in a relationship with him, 
That's what we pursue. We don't pursue being this kind of person or that kind of person. We pursue the person of Jesus. We daily pursue the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit will produce a fruit in our life. One of those, one of the aspects of that fruit is being a person of empathy. So when we see things like a black man being murdered, we won't have this intellectual conversation over here, but we'll quickly come with empathy. When a pandemic hits, we won't, when we see people suffering, we won't, we won't be removed. We won't be all head. We'll be heart and hands seeking to love and fill the streets of our cities, of our neighborhoods with the love of Jesus by the Spirit, by walking daily in the life of Jesus. Otherwise, we'll, we'll mess it up, we'll muck it up, we'll, we'll start preferring some people over the other, which isn't the way Jesus lived, and it's not what he has for us. He has amazing things for us. There are people who are hurting in our streets who need to experience the love of Jesus, and the way they're, they're going to experience it is through people like you and I. So let us draw close to Jesus today. Let us draw close to his spirit. And here's the good news, he's available. He says to us, if, if I'm at the door of your heart knocking, and if you'll, if you'll answer the door, I'll come in. He wants to come in. He wants to impart his life to us today. So why don't we do this? Let's just take the time right now. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we just want to receive you. We want to turn from our lack of empathy. And we don't want to turn to like being the nicest person we can be. I know many of us feel that. We just feel like, oh, I got to be a better person. I got to be more empathetic. That's not the answer. The answer is Jesus. The answer is walking with him. The answer is saying, Jesus, I can't, but you can. Through me, you can. Through me, there'll be joy. Through me, there'll be peace because of you, not because of me. Through me, by you, there'll be empathy. Wells deep of love and empathy flowing out to other people. God, I pray, would that be true of me? Would that be true of us? In Jesus' name. Amen.